0: Have declared him as the everlasting God and declared his faithfulness and thanked him for his faithfulness, declared him as holy and worshiped him as the Lord indeed. God is the Lord of our church. Today is a very special day in the life of our congregation, something we started. Uh, About three years ago, giving the state of the church address, and then uh, this is our third year, giving uh, awards for some of our leadership in the church. We had a banquet Friday night, and the people at the banquet who are among our lay leadership were able to uh, vote for people they thought should receive uh, some of these awards. And I'll be sharing several of these awards with you. The Servant Leadership Award will be given to the person who embodies servant leadership In our church, they give selflessly, often going unnoticed, which makes it hard to vote for them because sometimes you don't know what these people are doing. A Visionary Leader Award is for the person who can already see today where our church will be 10 years from now. And he or she encourages the church to reach toward that vision in every area of service the above and beyond the call reward is for a person who's always going above and beyond the call of duty. You may even wonder sometimes what in the world we'd do as a church without them. And then we'll give a preschool, children, and youth ministry award. There were a lot of different people nominated this year. 28 people <clears throat> were nominated for servant leader, 18 for visionary leader, 23 for above and beyond 10 for the preschool award, 9 for children's award, and 5 for the youth award. And it's always neat as Rebecca takes the ballots and tallies them up, and then I'll get the report back and, and look at everybody that's been nominated. And it's always such an exciting thing to see long-time members and relatively new members or brand-new members being nominated to some of these awards. It's a great testimony of how our people are plugging into ministry and how you are serving the Lord in our church. And so we're grateful for that. So I want to begin uh, today's State of the Church by handing out some of these awards. The 2012 Above and Beyond the Call Award goes to Gene Jones. Gene, if you'd make your way up here. The people who, uh, go ahead. Gene <clears throat> is given this award for always being available for any task, for serving joyfully with a smile, always has a smile on his face, sometimes strange hair. Uh, <laughs> For staying on top of facility issues, hang on, I'm gonna give you this. For listening attentively and then doing what needs to be done. There you are, Gene. <clears throat> our 2012 Servant Leader Award goes to Jan Tullis. Is Jan in here? Or is he out in the foyer? Jan. Jan. Pam's gonna go get him and see if he's out there. He's also our bouncer uh, during, <laughs> during worship. <laughs> <laughs> he's disappeared. He must be policing the facility. Well, Jan uh, was a nominee. If you know Jan, uh, Jan's always behind the scenes working, helping whenever help is needing. Um, and then I added this one. He always keeps our members and staff humble with his incessant jabs. Uh, <laughs> but he's always supporting the work and vision of the church with his hard work and time. And So Jan will receive the Servant Leader Award. We also have the Visionary Leader Award, and this year's award goes to Harry Ingalls. Harry is given this award for thinking ahead and anticipating where we will be, for always having an eye on what can be improved, for reminding us it can be done, for keeping Jesus at the center, for encouraging others to do their best and keep moving forward, and for the I'll-take-care-of-it attitude that he always has. Thank you, Harry. And the statements that I'm reading for the reason these people are receiving awards were on the ballots. And these are what our church members wrote. The 2012 Preschool Ministries Award will go to Ms. Juanita Colvin. Is Juanita down in her spot? Uh-oh. Does she have extended session? Mr. Dan, can you come get it on her behalf? Ms. Juanita is receiving this award for serving in the preschool division for some 50 years, for continually reaching out to families of preschool children, for providing excellent biblical education, and for dedication and love for the preschool children. Ms. Juanita Calder. <laughs> the 2012 Children's Ministries Award will go to Michelle Stansel. <clears throat> Michelle's receiving the award for being an awesome Sunday school teacher, for making learning about Jesus fun and really helping the children learn, for dedicated work in leading the First Kids Task Force, for encouraging other teachers, for amazing talent, commitment, and energy. Thank you, Michelle. <clears throat> Our Youth Ministries Award this year will go to Ms. Sissy Ross. Sissy was elected for being a ball of energy, that's an understatement that our kids are drawn to, (laughs) for bringing fun to the youth girls, for always being there for the youth, for helping move our youth girls to be truly mission-minded, for spending time texting, counseling, laughing and driving the kids around, for being the first adult to always attend every event with a smile, for always being on the lookout for volunteers to help our youth, and the person who wrote that said, watch out, (laughs) and for encouragement to other adult leaders. Sissy Ross, congratulations. (laughs) We are so blessed to have such wonderful leadership in our church and thank you all for continuing to serve in in your various positions. And um, within these walls and outside of these walls, God is doing some amazing things. Uh, This last year was wonderful. This coming year is shaping up to be very dynamic. And so I can say with confidence that the state of the church is very good. And we are a blessed people. Uh, Chris Turner has put together a video for us of some of the activities from 2011. So I ask that you turn your attentions to the screens at this time. Amen. We have come so far. Last year we celebrated our church centennial, and our theme verse for that year was Habakkuk chapter three, verse two, which said, Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Renew them in our day, in our time, make them known. We did not want the celebration of our history to cause us to look back and to rest on our laurels and to just get stuck back there. Instead, we wanted to ask ourselves, God, how can we go on from here? If you did it then, how can you do it now? And so as we began last year, we emphasized the need for a more organized Sunday schools so that we could reach more people. Brother Thomas and our Sunday school director, uh, Ms. Pam Tullis, worked hard to lead our Sunday school leaders to work tirelessly to help our Sunday school achieve its purposes, and they did that. Last year, we implemented a monthly planning training meeting for our Sunday school leaders organized for outreach through the Sunday school. And when you focus on doing Sunday school right, Sunday school becomes a growth arm for your church. And last year, we added eight new classes, and we saw an increase in attendance of 100 people in one year. Since the summer of 2008, our Sunday school attendance has grown by 125 percent growing from attendance of one hundred and seventy-eight to just over four hundred right now. God has been very blessing to us. Last year we planned to add a music minister to our staff and Lee you're about two clicks behind. We plan to add a music minister to our staff and in July the Lord finally led us to Chris Turner and uh, Chris has already added so much to our music ministry and worship services when we decided to add a minister of music uh, that was a. A big step for us. We had already added two full-time staff members. We're looking to add the third. And we knew that was going to be a stretch for our budget, but we also knew it was something we needed to do as a church. And so back in 2010, we escrowed part of what we anticipated to be the music minister salary so that as we eased into that salary, it wouldn't be too much of a burden on our budget. Well, we called Chris, he started serving, and within three or four months of his coming, our budget was already able to support his full salary and all the ministries connected to it. And so we were able to take the rest of that money we had escrowed and move it towards our organ fund, which allowed us to complete two phases of about $60,000 worth of coming renovations to our organ. And you heard the result of that this morning during Holy, Holy, Holy. (laughs) The organ had some major leaks, had several stops that didn't work. Well, now its decibels can rival the Collegiate Evangelism Conference when it cranks up to its fullest level. We still have about, uh, the phase three is still to come, and uh, that's uh, about $15,000, $17,000, and that should be coming as money comes in for that. I'm very thankful for the willingness for uh, all of our church to step out and follow God's lead. It was a step to move forward with this staff edition. And God has already blessed us because of that. When we do what God calls us to do, he will provide us with the ability and resources to do what he calls us to do. It will happen every time. Sunday school and a music minister were probably the two biggest church-wide events in addition to our centennial, but you saw in the video some other things that God did last year. For instance, in 2011, we completed over 100 individual mission projects as we continued to make doing missions a part of the DNA of our church, and it was fascinating to watch the reports uh, every so many months of what you all had been doing to serve the Lord through missions, some uh, small things, some trips, some going to help out people at the mission all kinds of things and I wanted to remind you this morning of the new challenge that our missions committee has given that we continue to do missions and if you do something as a class or an individual or a family or a a group please let Michelle Stancil know so that she can uh, put you into a report in the coming months. In terms of the numbers, 2011 was a great year. We met and exceeded our budget for the first time in decades. Uh, And in the calendar year 2011, we welcomed 160 new members to our church. To put that in perspective, that's just 18 people short of how many we had in Sunday school three and a half years ago. We added that many people in one calendar year. Is God doing some amazing stuff or what? At the top of the mountaintop that was 2011, we can look back where we've come from. We can see all that God has done among us. We can see how we've climbed up from some real depths five years ago. And God has encouraged us along and how he has made a way for us all along the way. And it's been truly amazing to follow that journey. We've been reminded of something as a church, and we've sung it today, that God is faithful. Never once has he let us down. In fact, I wanted to recognize some people this morning who believed that several years ago. Most of us in this congregation have joined this church in the last three and a half years, I imagine. But there's a group of people here that when attendance was low, when money was tight, and when the question was, will we make it, these people went to the Lord and said, Lord, help us. We want to follow you. And so if you were a member of this church prior to my coming as pastor, I want you to stand because we want to recognize your faithfulness in seeking the Lord. Let's give these people a hand. By seeing that group stand up, you can see what worship attendance looked like three and a half years ago. But God has been so faithful, he's never let us down. A month or two ago, I was listening online to another church's worship service and uh, doing some work in my office and I just had it on the background and this song that the choir's about to sing came on the computer and I just stopped what I was doing and looked over and watched the service and listened to the words because I said, that's us. Standing on this mountaintop, looking at all God's done, We can say never once has he let us down. You worship as the choir leads us in praising the Lord for his faithfulness to us. is faithful never once did he leave us on our own and those people who were here before a lot of us can testify to that he never left this church he was always wanting to do great things as I was praying about our text for this year's State of the Church Address, I was led to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. And you've probably heard this text before. It may be one that you're familiar with. You may have it memorized. It's probably one of the easiest that we'll memorize together. And it's there on the screen for us. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. May we meditate on that verse in prayer as we prepare to hear the rest of the state of the church this morning. Father God, we come before you today thankful for the plans that you've had for us, that you've never left us on our own. Never once have you failed us. You've carried us on by your grace. You've kept us in peace. Lord, you've honored yourself. Lord, the things we celebrated today are a testimony of your faithfulness, of your continued work and i believe lord of your continued future plans for this church lord thank you for being steadfast and unmovable great is your faithfulness we look forward to seeing how you do even more in our future we pray in jesus name amen jeremiah twenty nine eleven is a great verse it's brought a lot of comfort to a lot of people who were in various situations in their life. Sometimes uh, we, if, if we had a testimony time, we could invite people to come and, and share. And I bet time and again, people would say, I was in this time of my life not knowing where to turn and the Lord led me to Jeremiah 29, 11 and I was comforted that God has plans for me. And they're good plans. Chapter 29 of Jeremiah is basically a collection of letters that were sent from Jerusalem To Babylon and and vice versa our text for today comes from a letter that Jeremiah wrote from Jerusalem to the exiles in Babylon you remember at the time Jeremiah was writing the kingdom of Judah the holy city of Jerusalem had both been ransacked and destroyed by the Babylonians the city of Jerusalem had had no walls left the temple was ransacked the city had been burned The people had been carted off to exile in Babylon and the things looked very bleak. Even though the Babylonian Empire had conquered Jerusalem though and brought the people of Judah into exile, it was rumored that Babylon was becoming increasingly weak. And that their dominance of power may be coming to an end. And so there were some prophets in Jerusalem and in Babylon who were telling the people of God, just hang tight. It's not going to be long. Babylon's going to fall and we'll be going back home. So there were people, Israelites, who thought, well, we'll just sit back. We'll ride this out. It won't take long. We'll get to go back. But God gave a different message to the prophet Jeremiah. God gave the true message to the prophet Jeremiah, and it was this. Don't get in a hurry to move back. Go ahead and unpack your bags, settle down, have a home, have a business, because you're going to be in exile for 70 years. Longer than a generation, many of you will die there. Just settle in, make the most of it, but you're not going home anytime soon. God had Jeremiah tell the people this. It was a somewhat discouraging message because it meant that some of them would never see the holy city again. None of them would ever worship in the temple again. And so it was a struggling time for the people of God because in a sense they thought maybe God had let them down. Maybe God had abandoned them. After all, how could God let his temple be destroyed? Well, in the midst of a message of get ready because the exile is going to last 70 years and in the midst of feelings of is God really faithful to us, Jeremiah also delivers a message from God that says, I know the plans I have for you. They are plans to prosper you. They are not plans to harm you. They are plans to give you a future and a hope. They're good plans. So though things may look bleak, I am in this. And I have greater things ahead of you. In the context, God says through Jeremiah, if we begin reading at verse 10... I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. God's thoughts for his people were fixed. They were for a future that even they themselves hoped for. And God reveals his plans to them. The privilege in the future would be that God would continue to be a God that they could call out to and that he would be there for them. That God would never let them down. He would always be faithful and he would fulfill his plan in them. God said, I have plans for you. They're good plans. Even though things might look bad, trust me in this, good plans are being laid. Five years ago, this church went through an exile of sorts, but God was faithful. Never once did he lead us. He led faithful people like Reggie OJ and Randy Turner and numerous members here to remind this church of what could be, what should be, and what God wanted. This church was brought to its knees to seek out to God and say, God, do something new in us. Begin new and afresh again. And God began to do that. And He's continued to do it. He's continued to be faithful to us today as He's bringing forth His good plans, plans that prosper us, plans that give us a future and a hope as a church. You see, God's plans are always good plans. Sometimes he might break us so that he can rebuild us. Sometimes he might tear us down so he can build us up greater. But God's plans are always good and he can bring good things out of disasters. God is a God of bringing good things about. As I settled on this passage for the state of the church, I wondered why God was leading me to it. After reflecting on it, I think it was for two things that I wanted to point out. First, that God has been working his plan in us and he will continue to work his plan in us as long as we continue to seek his face. Three to five years ago, the only way we could make it was to seek the Lord and follow him. What scares me a little bit as we move forward with growth is that we could be tempted to think We've got this. When attendance starts looking good, when the budget starts being met, when you're able to start accomplishing repairs and and looking ahead at at other things you could do in the future, the tendency can be, we've arrived. We've come back. We're a new mountaintop. We, we, We got this. May I warn you that if we ever reach that statement, We're doomed to fail again. For just as never once did God leave us on our own. Never can we take this stuff on our own. It doesn't matter how large this church grows. It doesn't matter how big the budget is. It doesn't matter how fine anything is. We cannot do a single thing without God working his plan in us. And so we must continue to follow him second plans are biblical plans are biblical god says i have plans for you plans are biblical and we need to be asking god to help us know and his and follow his plan for us some people in church life think that it's more spiritual not to plan than to plan They think that if you're just flying by the seats of your pants, whether it comes to preaching or planning worship music or even leading a church, that if you're just flying by the seats of your pants, you're led by the Spirit. Certainly, the Lord leads us every day by Spirit. But the same Holy Spirit that leads in a moment can lead in planning. And so, what we want to do as a church is to seek God's plan for us because plans are biblical, And as a church, we should say, Lord, show us what your plan is for us. And so what are the plans for 2012? Well, first... Tonight, upon the recommendation of our deacons, we'll be forming a long-range planning committee. We've already approved that, starting that committee as a church. We'll release the names tonight who've been nominated to that group. And that group's gonna work to develop a five, 10, and 15-year long-range plan for our church. They'll deal with everything from a a master plan for our church campus and expansion to studying uh, how we can continue to reach this area in the years to come, what ministries we may need to do, And as this group works for the next two years from March of 2012 to March of 2014, we've given them a definite time period. I believe that God is going to show us and lead us towards his plan. And you know what that plan is? It's for us to grow because living things grow and First Baptist Church Pondville is alive. And so we will grow. I'm excited about how the Lord may lead us in that. In order to plan ahead, we need to take care of the old stuff. But you know what this is? This year, we must eliminate the church's debt. We didn't make debt-free in three, but we're going to make debt-free in in four. It doesn't rhyme, but it still works. (laughs) No more in four. Maybe that's what we'll call it. We didn't meet the goal last year, but you know what? We saw our debt fall last year by $221,000, so I'm not going to complain about that. And as of today, our debt is under $200,000. We need that debt eliminated so that we can address some facility concerns like the roof on the building that this debt is still paying for. It's been that long. It's, it's time to eliminate it so we can move forward. We have facility issues. We need to better fund some ongoing ministries. We need to begin new ministries. We need to also have the confidence to be able to prepare for the next big thing that God calls us to do. God is doing wonderful things. There are three other broad categories of plans that I want to share with you this morning. And they fall under ministry to all, ministry to children, and ministry to youth. First, ministry to all. The purpose of our Sunday school is to reach, teach, and minister to people. Our teachers have been doing a good job of teaching and we continue to provide training for that. Last year we focused on reaching people through Sunday School and uh, we're doing a a pretty good job of that, still working and, and tweaking that a little bit as we continue to do outreach to the Sunday School. This year we're focusing on getting the Sunday School doing a good job of ministering and serving people. Most of our classes do a great job of ministering to their class. But here's what we know there are a lot of people in our church who aren't a member of anybody's class. And as we look at our membership roles, there are a lot of people that we don't even know where they are. And so what the plan is this year is to assign everybody who's a member of the church to somebody's Sunday school class. So there's gonna come a time Sunday school classes where you get a list and you're gonna go, who are these people? Good question, go find out. Because here's the, the challenge. In a small church, everybody can know everybody. Everybody can minister to everybody. The pastor can know everybody and pastor can minister to everybody. But the larger a church gets, the more you don't know everybody and the more easily it is for people to fall through the cracks. Now it's okay to not know everybody because you know it's okay for, to have a heart cath and 500 people not show up, that's okay. But we don't want people to fall through the cracks. And as I look back, I see that that has happened in the past because we've had a couple of funerals where it's been maybe two or three of us attending from the church and then the family. And it's just somebody fell through the cracks. That's highly embarrassing to not know of somebody who's a member of the church and so we're trying to remedy that as we continue to grow as a church grows larger we must grow intentionally smaller so as we grow larger and fill up this room the small groups of sunday school and departments become very very important for ministering to the flock of god and so we will be helping you to be able to do that through your Sunday school class. You know, who knows? You, we could see uh, another hundred people added to our Sunday school attendance and you didn't do anything but get our members here. Wouldn't that be amazing? They're out there. And many of them just need to be touched with love and concern. I'm, I'm using a, a book in my pastoral ministry class that I'm teaching for New Orleans Seminary on Monday afternoons and made a statement like this. It says, a sheep retained is as important... As a sheep gained. Now that doesn't mean we put all of our emphasis on, you know, caring for ourselves and not do evangelism. It means we need to do both. Both are important. We need to care for our people. Uh, so I hope that you will help us take care of the flock of First Baptist Church, Pineville. Related to ministering to our members, uh, just yesterday in our deacon training. Our deacons said, we've got to work on plans to be more active in ministry ourselves. And how can we help to uh, divide up the church and maybe do family ministry plan or, or do something to continue ministering to our church family? And we have a great group of deacons who want to serve. And so I'm thankful for these guys who are over the next two or three months are going to be working at increasing their ministry among our church family. We realize that, that we're basically in the situation that the early church was in Acts 6, where there wasn't enough people to do the work because the church was growing. And so the apostles needed to focus on preaching and praying so that other, and others be doing the ministry and taking care of all of those things. And so I'm so thankful that we have moved to that point and our deacons and Sunday school leaders are willing to help be sure ministry is done well. Another item in ministering to all, as more people come, more people have to find their way around this place. And those of us who've joined in the last three or so years can tell you it's intimidating to maneuver around this facility. Those of you who've grown up here and, and were here as buildings were built, you just go around it's nothing. Uh but when you first arrive, it's a bit intimidating. So this year, we will be completing our exterior signage and we have a picture of what some of those will look like. We'll have new signs at the entrances on off of Main Street, also back by the Life Enrichment Center and some other uh, signs on the, the covered driveway drop-off areas that will match the new sign that's out on Main Street, but will help people know where parking is, day school and church office. You've probably noticed um, the, the uh, temporary signs that we can put out on Sunday mornings across the street. Uh, we got those because we knew some people who were attending our church didn't know you could park there. And so we got those signs that our custodian or our ushers put out every week so that you can know to park there. The funny thing was, at least one of our members said, when did we buy this lot? And- (Laughter.) I didn't know we bought City Hall, but that would be all right. (laughs) We may one day, so look out, Pineville. (laughs) It's an exciting time to see the need to identify parking because there's so many new people coming. That's ministry to all, ministry to children. Our children's ministry has seen great growth over the last three years. We now have babies in our nursery, snotty-nosed preschoolers being evangelistic with their germs, children full of energy. It's great to, to go through our preschool hall and our children's department And because of the growth, you know, we're doubling our Vacation Bible School uh, workers. And you can sign up for that after worship today. As our children's ministry have grown, we've also heard the desire to have more ministries for our children. And so this, by early 2013, uh, January of 2013 will be the potential launch. We'll be starting Upward Basketball. Uh, we've been looking at this for a couple of years. We had it at our ministry fair. And uh, at that, several people came forward, said they'd be willing to work in upward basketball uh, with no, no pressure from her son. My mom, who's a retired basketball coach, uh, felt the Lord urging her to lead this ministry. And so uh, mom is working on that and some others will be uh, mom and, and Jean and Joanne Jones and Chris are going to be going to Houston for an upward training in April. And we're looking to launch this ministry in 2013. It'll be a great thing for our children to do an intense ministry. It'll take a lot of you to be involved, even those who don't have kids. But this is a fantastic ministry to reach out to young families. Our children's ministry is also moving to a point of positive transition. We want to have the best and most effective children's ministry in central Louisiana. But the the best and most effective children's ministry in central Louisiana doesn't necessarily mean that we have the fanciest and most razzle-dazzle place to do it in. What it means is, is that we're intent on seeing children's lives transformed. We may have the razzle-dazzle, but the focus is on the transformation And so you know that for a little over a year now, we've had a group known as the First Kids Task Force, working on a looking at our preschool children and youth ministries and how we can do a better job in seeing transformation in children. And so we developed a goal uh, for what we want every First Baptist kid to grow into. And that is that every First Baptist kid would grow into a First Baptist adult who is focused on God, involved in ministry, respected by their peers, strengthened in their faith... And transformed by Christ now I don't know about you but if my three-year-old Zachary grew up to be that I would be a happy parent whether he had an indoor playground or not if he grew into that I'm excited and so that is what our goal will be So 2012 will be a year of final plans and how this will look. And the goal is not for the church to achieve that, but for the church to help parents and grandparents, the faith trainers in children's lives to do that for their children. We've already uh, started some of that. You've probably noticed the change in our baby dedication this year. We're calling it parent and child dedication. There's a required training to go to a couple of weeks before on March 11th if you want to have your child dedicated. The reason we did that is because we thought it was completely ridiculous to have parents come up here and we say, will you do this, will you do this, will you do this while they're fighting the kid and they don't know what in the world we're saying. And then we say, church, will you help them do that? And the church doesn't know who these people are. And the church says, "Uh uh-huh. And then we, we part our ways. Well, we're going to be more intentional about it we have a training you have to go to if you can't go to that one we'll make a time for you it's that important to us and then the dedication will be all of us coming together since we agree on helping to establish this kind of goal in our children's lives we're going to help you as parents parents are going to commit to work on it and we want to see a first kid become a first adult that's our goal for all of us as we move to ministry to youth Our youth ministry has also seen positive change as a result of the first faith process. Just last month, they held a a very effective parenting seminar as part of Disciple Now, and that was partly to help youth parents be able to train their youth children. And so they're working on that. Terry Isles is also working with a team on how we will recognize our seniors this year and have our senior banquet. They're moving from a breakfast to a banquet so they can achieve some really powerful things that will allow us to bless and encourage our seniors more than we have in the past. We've seen steady growth in our youth group over the last several years. Our group is now planning regular fellowship activities. They're doing uh, a lot of things here at the church. They're also doing mission work. Uh, you saw Sissy up here. Sissy's got the, the girls were showing me pictures just before worship. She has her youth class uh, helping out at... Um, Hope House in Alexandria taking care of kids, and uh, they're doing that ministry work one night a week. And uh, that's our youth kids going out, and they're excited. They'll show you your pictures, their pictures. Just come on down; you can see them after church today. Uh, great, great things are happening with ministry. Our, our, uh, some of our adults linked up with our youth over Disciple Now and visited our shut-ins and widows and, and widowers, and it was a powerful time of multi generational ministry taking place. One thing we want to do for our youth this year is as our youth group is growing, we want to give them a better space in which to learn. Uh, our our youth room is, is large, but it looks like it did about five youth groups back. And it needs to be updated and brought up to where our kids are today, something that they can be proud to bring their friends to, be equipped for ministry, and sent back out. And so, thankfully, through the generous gifts of a family in our church, we'll be able to begin making some of those changes this year. Doug Ash and his firm are already helping us design an attractive, modern-looking youth room. Uh, mostly cosmetic upgrades but it will be an exciting thing to see those changes come for our youth our students matter to us and so we want to see this group grow and continue to grow in the Lord and we look forward to how God is going to do that time doesn't permit for me to share everything that God is doing in fact the deacons are probably thinking pastor this is sounding like your deacons report every month which they started timing to pick on me but it's because God is doing so many wonderful things. God has plans for us, and I believe that God is continuing to do incredible things. Last year, as I preached this message, I felt like God was—we were in a car, and God was pressing a standard, and he's pressing in the clutch and about to shift us into a new gear, and he did that. I didn't know how he was going to do it, but he did that. This year, I felt like we're on this mountaintop and we're looking back at at where we've climbed up from, but now we're looking ahead to the mountain range that we're going to continue to go on, on up and ever higher to where God wants us to go. God has a plan to prosper and not to harm us. The question is, will we surrender to him and allow him to continue to use us as only he can? We could do some things on our own, but we can only do God-sized things with God. And so our prayer right now is that we will surrender to him and allow him to continue to work. Would you pray with me? Lord, we come before you this hour and we pray, Lord, that you will keep us tuned to you. Lord, we're very grateful for what you've done in our church. We do stand in awe of your deeds. And we look forward to seeing your plans unfold for us. Lord, continue to guide us. Lord, help us to be surrendered to you. Never, Lord, never let us think that we've got this. Never. May we continually go back to you. As you provide the increase, may we ask, why are you providing the increase? What do you want us to do next? Lord, when we go through uh, struggles and and we wonder what you're doing among us and and maybe we're navigating a a, a pass in that mountain range, Lord, give us guidance. Lord, we trust you as the Lord of this church. And we look forward to what you're going to do in us. We surrender ourselves to you now and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.